Hey everybody, welcome to Tech Thoughts, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is Season 3, Episode 21, or overall Episode 39. Ah, I'm Jade, the, uh, the smart one? Yeah. I'm Art, the cute one, who has a headache. Mm. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute. So I think I admitted at some point earlier in the season that Jade and I have sort of reached the point where we're just doing episodes on whatever we feel like talking about. But in case you guys missed that, this is solidly just a part of the season where we do standalone episodes on stuff we feel like talking about. And before we get to our topic of the day, I do have to plug our social medias. We have our Tech Thoughts After Show that is live on our Instagram at Tech Thoughts Podcast at 8 p.m. ET every Friday. Uh, and we also have our website, which is Jade. Tech thoughts, thought to gay. Yeah, we paid for that. (laughs) And with that out of the way, the topic of the day is wearables. Good old wearable devices. There are so many options today, from the slew of Wear OS-based watches, to the many fitness trackers, from the usual suspects, Fitbit, Garmin, and of course the Apple Watch, which you guys can't see, but I am wearing one right now. I'm wearing a Fitbit. Oh, yeah. Are any of these better than the other? And really, what makes a watch smart? Well, let's get into it. Yeah, so... What is a wearable in this context? Well, does my boyfriend count if I give him a piggyback ride? No, we're talking about smartwatches. Though, we're also going to talk about fitness trackers. Basically, if it communicates with your phone in some capacity, and you can interact with it in more ways than pressing two buttons, that's a wearable. That disqualifies Google Glass. Sorry, Google Glass. Also, what's a what's a smartwatch, right? It's like your phone, but smaller, and presumably on your wrist, unless you want like a smart pocket watch. See, you said that, and I was expecting it to sound dumb, except then you said it, and I immediately wanted it. Me too, me too, me too. Good job for that. (laughs) Yeah, I have a CPU, a system on chip sensors, and a screen to interact with. Woo! So we talk about mostly smartwatches at their newest iterations. We know that there are other kinds of wearables, but they're way more niche and less established than smartwatches, and it would have made the episode way too unruly if we tried to talk about all the different kinds of wearables that exist out there. So this was the sort of easiest way to narrow it down. Yeah, sorry, Oya. Anyway, we're gonna start with the Apple Watch, which is very uncharacteristic of me in particular, I know, but hey, they are what people think of when you say smartwatch, I think. Yeah, they're also the best ones. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I think, here's the thing, here's the thing. I'm sure you'll get into this and I'll just, I'll just say my opinion. I'll just say my quick opinion. I'll, I'm sure you'll get into this, but I just, I believe that Apple Watches are the best smart watches. I don't believe they're the best fitness trackers. If you want a wearable specifically for like fitness stuff, like maybe not, but like all purpose, Apple Watch, go on. Honestly, yes. And we'll get into why everything else is such a mess right now. But Apple Watches, first released in 2014, it was kind of an immediate hit because Apple devices kind of are. Hey, cold of Apple. The Apple Watch benefits from a couple of things. One of them is having access to an app store with lots of iOS developers being able to add apps to it because watchOS is based on iOS. And from the very first Apple Watch, it promises to have a battery life of up to 18 hours. Sick. The current Apple Watch also offers that. As of the time of recording, at least, it's the Series 6 and is its own kind of powerhouse. Uh, We're not talking about the uh, the SE, we're talking about the mainline watch. Mm-hmm. The Series 6, like the 5, and not the SE, or older watches, has an always-on display, so it works like a watch. It contains a boatload of sensors, including an SpO2 sensor, as in a blood oxygen tracking sensor, an ECG sensor, meaning an electrocardiogram. It can read your heartbeat for irregularities, like um, having atrial fibs. Mm-hmm. It also has the usual suspects, playing heart rate sensor, run-step tracking, boring, and an altimeter to track elevation. 
Oh, and, and the sleep tracking, but that's not really a sensor as much as it is pooling the rest of them together. Mm -hmm. As a smartwatch, it offers Apple Music support and an onboard GPS. Sick. Cool. Yeah. There's a lot. Even 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 the SE, which is the one that I own, is a powerhouse in its own right. It's the budget variety of the watch. It doesn't have an always-on display, which I know that some people just like consider that an automatic deal-breaker. I don't. I don't get it, frankly. But I'm perfectly happy with it, and I don't see myself replacing it for many, many years. So yeah, like I said, as far as all-around smartwatches go, if you are already in the Apple ecosystem, might as well pick one up. I don't disagree. So we're going to move on from the Apple space to what are really... The worst slash best alternative, RTOS-based watches. Now, hold on. The hell is RTOS? It sounds like it's going to come kill us. Is it? Is it Revenge of the Sith? Well, RTOS stands for Real-Time Operating System, a subsection of operating systems, OSs, that really can be used for many things, such as an aircraft carrier's instruments and smartwatches. It's very vague. Smartwatches specifically use free RTOS, an RTOS that is light, and meant to be used with a small amount of applications on a particular read, weak chipset and limited memory. It allows devices with limited hardware to achieve better performance and battery life, uh, and frees up some of that budget that manufacturers have for things like better quality displays or chassis materials, etc. Okay, so the 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 SOC is kind of junk. <laughs> yeah. But the SOC is kind of junk so that the rest of the watch construction doesn't have to be. Yes, that's fair. The battery life claim is very true. As an example, the OnePlus watch, which is an RTOS watch, can reach up to 14 days of battery life, which blows everything I have out of the water, actually. No, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds very impressive. Yep. Companies that use RTOS include Amazfit, which you may have heard of with their like weird BIP and like strange off-brand looking devices that aren't off-brand at all. Many generic brands on Amazon, and again, even the likes of OnePlus and Samsung with their Galaxy Fit series. RTOS is custom made per company, and therefore none of these devices are easily compared to each other. Some have many of the same sensors as an Apple Watch, but some don't. So really, just go check those product pages if you're considering one is too many. Mm -hmm. Alright, now for a less vague category, we're going to talk about Samsung, and not their RTOS junk. Samsung's Galaxy Watch and Watch Actives are actually kind of interesting. For the most part, and again, as of writing, they use Samsung's own uh, Tizen or Tizen OS. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a terrible American. I would say Tizen just because Tizen sounds bad. So let's go with Tizen. Tizen. Yeah, Tizen is an open source OS backed by Linux, but primarily made by Samsung. Uh, Linux being the Linux foundation and also the Linux kernel. It's Linux based. Interesting. When it comes to actual hardware and the sensors on board, Samsung's newest watch, meaning the Galaxy Watch 3 and Active 2 as of now, are very similar to Apple. Samsung makes their own CPUs, the Xynos line, which they do use for their wearables, as well as the international version of their Galaxy phones. When it comes to sensors, they sport another SpO2 sensor, so blood oxygen, the usual suspects, heart rate monitoring, step counting, sleep tracking, a built-in GPS, ECG readings, blood pressure sensors. It's an Apple Watch. But it also offers about two days of battery life. Samsung also has its own app store, the Galaxy Store, that has a reasonable amount of apps if you want to expand what your device can do, but not a lot. So why do they even have RTOS watches? Is it just like for like having a budget option available? Uh, yes, Samsung likes being in every industry pretty much, so they've made budget fitness trackers and those are what run RTOS. Interesting, okay. 
Moving on to Fitbit, a company that's now owned by Google, so this might not be relevant eventually. Fitbits currently use their own operating system, Fitbit OS. Fitbit OS doesn't offer much in the way of an app store. Like, there is one, but it's very limited and very clunky, and I, I own one, so I know. Their top-tier device, their newest one at the moment, is the Fitbit Sense. It also offers a great variety of sensors, such as an EDA sensor, an electrodermal activity sensor meant for tracking stress, an ECG monitor, we've said this already, the usual suspects, you know, a skin temperature sensor, blood oxygen, and sleep tracking. So, you know, the Apple Watch plus one, really. The Sense offers up to six days of battery life per charge or 12 hours with continuous GPS on. Some existing testing from PCMag actually claim three days of battery life with heavy use and with the always on display enabled. Okay, that's actually not bad. Yeah, not bad. Uh, my personal usage, uh, custom watch face, always on display, and no GPS usage, I get closer to two days before I throw it on the charger. But that is probably the custom watch face. Is it just me, or do I also just really not understand the obsession with battery life on watches? Um... My thing is just, like, if it can make it through the day, like, I'm fine with that. I charge my Apple Watch every day despite not needing to. I, I don't really understand why people want these things that last, like, absurd amounts of time. So... For one, they are replacing traditional watches, and traditional watches last literally months, years. Well, yeah, but, like, I don't... Maybe, again, maybe maybe this is just me, but, like... I already am used to throwing all my stuff that needs charging on a charger every night. Like, I don't understand what... Like, like for me, for me, it's very much an attitude of, like, what's one other thing to just chuck on a charger? Like, who cares? I suppose so. Especially in the case of the Apple Watch, where, like, straight up, like... I wear my Apple Watch nearly 24-7 because I wear it to sleep. I use it for sleep tracking. I take it off to shower, basically. Like, I take it off when I'm showering in the morning, and by the time I'm done getting ready in the morning, it's done charging. It's really not intrusive. That's fair. I personally prefer being able to, like, just wear it for more than a day so I don't take it off so much. I'm trying to wear it for the health tracking aspects in the case of my Fitbit. And I also, I use showering time as my charge time as well which is, I think, a cool coincidence. Mm -hmm. I think once you can last, like, two days, three days, you're done. Anything more than that does feel a little extra to me. That's fair. Not that it's not cool if you if you manage to create a technology that can last a week on and still have that kind of performance, then cool. I, I would love that. But yeah, I, don't, that's fair. I don't want RTOS to be my personal trade-off. But sadly, now we have to talk about that slew of Wear OS devices. So... Wear OS devices have a troubled past, one might say. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's kind of not their fault. So to, to break it down, basically every Wear OS device has been starved of having a decent CPU. Almost all of them run on a Snapdragon Qualcomm-made CPU. These have been the Snapdragon Wear 2100, 3100, and now the 4100. There was a SD400, but that was like just for the very first generation of Android Wear devices. Okay. Where they rebranded. As of this year, 2021, only one smartwatch has been released using that newest chipset, the 4100, while most others continue to be released with the 3100. Okay, so how bad is that? This is bad because the 4100 was announced last year. Okay. Uh, so it was announced mid-2020, and devices keep getting released with the older chipset. It doesn't seem that bad because it's just one generation backwards, but it's way worse than you think. Because the 3100 is only a small iteration on the 2100, as in it's the same processor, but it has an additional co-processor to assist with battery consumption, not performance. 
and the 2100 was released in 2016, sure, which means we're working on 2016 technology, except that we're not. Okay. We're working on a die shrink of its predecessor, the SD400, which was released in 2012. That means for the most part, OS devices are running on decade-old technology. We're getting decade-old technology in brand new devices today in 2021. Yikes. Oh yes. And people are and people are mad at Apple for still selling the Series 3. Yeah. At least it's the same product. They're not trying to rebrand it. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's insane. Okay, so... Why has only one device come out with the 4100? Do we know? We don't. Qualcomm is continuing to pretend that the 3100 is a powerful chip and still recommending it to manufacturers as an all-arounder. Probably so they can sell more. Yikes. Yeah, it's very bad. That and Wear OS also kind of has been starved of, of RAM, which is much less of an issue since 3100 devices have been released, so I'm not going to touch on it too much, but earlier ones were just had too little RAM to function well. Mm -hmm. So yes, Qualcomm's inadequate processors have been damaging to both the performance and battery life of Wear OS watches. Most of them have sub-one-day battery life. Which is not good enough for a watch, yeah. No, if you have to charge every eight hours, we're not doing a good job. Some manufacturers have worked around this. The TicWatch Pro 3, made by Mobvoi and kind of the flagship Wear OS watch right now, mm -hmm. its workaround is using an old school second display overlay, a reflective one, like old digital watches, that can help the watch reach up to two days of battery life. Interesting. Yes. Sorry, that was for the sorry, that was for the TicWatch Pro 2. The Pro 3 uses the Wear 4100 chip, which lets it reach mm -hmm. up to three days when combined with the reflective screen. So yeah, a lot of compromises to reach even decent battery life. Though, if we want to talk about the top tier Wear OS watch, it is the TicWatch Pro 3, and because I've been listing sensors for all the other ones, I have to here as well. So here we go. So the TicWatch Pro 3 also has a heart rate sensor, step counter, duh, blood oxygen meter, a sleep tracker, and different from everyone else, a PPG heart rate sensor. Interesting. It uses sort of the same technology as an ECG, but it's a little more indirect so you can kind of figure out what's going on it's just kind of a cheaper way to do it how inaccurate is does it become as a result of that well considering both an ecg and ppg reader on a wearable isn't perfect anyway probably not that bad okay fair enough at least in comparison to slide. each other <laughs> I'll, I'll let it slide thank you thank you but yeah moving on where os might not be dead mind you, despite everyone claiming it to be. There's some improvement that's going to happen. The reason for this is that as of Google I.O. 2021, the developer conference Google runs yearly, the next Fitbit will be running Wear OS. As opposed to the Fitbit OS that the current ones are running. Yes. In fact, so will the next Samsung smartwatches. Why? <laughs> well, Samsung is officially teaming up with Google to work on a new version of Wear, which is now the new name for Wear OS and the second rename since Android Wear. Officially, Samsung has said that it's bringing features from Tizen to Wear, and that the platforms are now essentially combined. As a result, again, the next Galaxy Watch is going to be a Wear device. Are you that desperate to beat Apple, Samsung? Yes. Yikes. Go on. <laughs> Furthermore, because Fitbit is owned by Google, they will also be bringing the best of their features to wear, meaning the health tracking part. As it has been fairly limited and hit or miss on existing Wear OS devices, some of the tracking I mentioned on the TicWatch that I previously mentioned is with their own health monitoring software. So, Interesting. Okay. 
Yeah. But yeah, this spells out a possible positive future for the Wear platform, considering Samsung is also going to be using their own processor on that new watch they're making. Yeah, positive, as long as you ignore the Google part. I mean, I say the same with Apple all the time, so I mean... I've said it before on this podcast, and I will continue to die on this hill, asterisk, maybe not after I read some of the material that we're considering making an update episode on, but I haven't read it yet, so as of right now, I will continue to die on the hill that I trust Apple far, far more than I will ever trust Google, but that's just me. I mean, I also don't trust Google, so fair enough. But given the fact that Apple does have their whole walled garden thing going on and using an Apple Watch with an Android device is literally impossible, like like straight up, you can't, uh, you, uh, you can't even, if I recall correctly, um, you can't even set up an Apple Watch without an Apple device, even if it's not yours. Uh, so, and then you can't update it without an Apple device either. So... I'm not exactly going to, to, to hate on people who are looking forward to wear as, an, as a way to actually have decent smartwatches without having to shill, shill for Apple. Yeah, in your wallet, might thank you. So yeah, that's all the time we have for you guys today. This is a little bit of a weird episode only because I think wearables are a little bit of a weird category, if I'm being honest. They are. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because like simultane like like it's sort of this weird simultaneous effect where like on one hand it sort of feels like they're starting to replace like actual watches, and then on the on another hand, it's just like I feel like a lot of people who buy them don't really use them, if that makes any sense. Like, it just ends up being like a watch that you paid a lot of money for. Uh, so I don't know. I, I do think it's an interesting category. And I mean, I own an Apple Watch. This is actually my second Apple Watch because I, I bought a I bought a Series 3 used just to see if I would like it. And then I ended up really liking it. And then it broke. Uh, I broke it. And then I had to. But And then I went and showed up for an SE. So... I don't know. I, I do think that your mileage can vary when it comes to these, but it's nice to know about them in case you are interested and might be looking for one. And there are a lot of cheap, cheap options out there if you don't really care about the high-end stuff and are just looking for a basic fitness tracker. Yep. So we will see you guys next week. In the meantime, you can feel free to catch our after show live on our Instagram at Tech Thoughts Podcast. We go live every Friday at 8 p.m. ET, uh, and we would love to see you guys there. Or you can check out our website, which is Jade. Techthoughts.gay. How much did we pay for that? I don't know. Five bucks. It was worth every penny. Whatever it was, it was worth every penny. Bye. <laughs> Bye.